Hello Space Watchers, I'm Emma, the Editor-in-Chief of Spacewatch Global, and this is a new episode of Space Cafe Radio, your radio channel dedicated to emerging trends and live conferences in the space sector. This is one of our special episodes in collaboration with the Carmen Project, an independent, non-profit foundation gathering global leaders who are shaping the future of space. Every year, the Carmen Project selects 15 Carmen Fellows to foster trust, cooperation, and independent dialogue between global leaders in tech, in science, in business, in politics, and the arts, who want to positively impact space. In six episodes, we will try to tell you what does it mean to actually be a Carmen Fellows and be part of the Carmen Project, which type of project and goals the Fellows have, and what does this all mean for the space domain. And of course, we will do it through the eyes and words of the Carmen Fellows of the 2023 cohort. I was lucky enough to be part of it, so these interviews are all collected live from the Carmen Week, which in 2023 was in the Maldives. Enjoy the sound of the waves and the tales of how we really want to change the world. Enjoy. Hello, Space Watchers, and welcome back to another episode of Space Cafe Radio. I have the pleasure and honor to be here with Eva van Lindenthal, artist and founder of Ferrell, a creative company working in the nexus of art, space, and innovation, and my co-fellow within, within the Karman Fellowship of, uh, of this year, of 2023. We are here in the fantastic Atoll of Lamu in the Maldives, and I think uh, what is the best uh, occasion to ask Eva about herself, about her vision, about where it's coming from. Eva is an artist, so she has a very, very interesting and different uh, angle from the one of a scientist like me. So first of all, Eva, it's been fantastic to having the chance to to, to interact with you, with, to understand better uh, where you come from. But I think I would love for our listeners to hear directly from you, what's your background, what's your job, and uh, what's your main vision? Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk to you today and your listeners. So I'm an artist predominantly. I work with, uh, I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I work predominantly with explosives and I make big installations and objects with uh, different kinds of pyrotechnics and gunpowders and high explosives. I also do a lot of other kinds of art as well. I'm was artist in residence at the European Space Agency in 2016-17, where I worked with scientists at the European Space Agency to create a performative piece out of explosives that was inspired by the phenomenon of the stars and particularly our sun. But from that, I ended up working much more in the space industry. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, I got a bit of a throat thing. Based on this residency, I was invited to take part in more and more things in the space industry. So I started to lecture at the International Space University. I presented papers at the International Astronautical Congress and became the vice chair for the IAF Committee for the Cultural Utilization of Space. Eventually, I decided that I wanted to do the master's course at the International Space University after lecturing there as a guest lecturer for about five years. I'm just finishing that course at the moment. I'm doing my internship at the European Space Policy Institute in Vienna, where I am working on creative impact. So my role is really to take, to harness the uh, creativity, culture and arts to 
create and, and, and have more impact with the work that um, SP does. And that's very broad. It can be everything from redesigning their new premises uh, in certain ways to facilitate it as a kind of hub for discussion, including certain elements of the, the, the interior design, hosting exhibitions with artists that uh, do work related to space and can really stimulate dialogue uh, and interaction and ask questions and, and deal with themes that most base policy people wouldn't really think about. So I uh, also specialize in sustainability, new space entrepreneurship, and I've done projects that relate to space architecture and also human performance in space psychology for long duration flights. Fantastic. What a curriculum. <laughs> it doesn't happen so often that we actually have the chance to interview artists. So I'm really happy to actually host you on, on our radio because your perspective is so interesting and so multidisciplinary. And moving to, to the Karman Fellowship and our Karman Week, we had the chance all together, all the 15 of us, to really exchange some fantastic ideas about what troubles us and what are for us the major challenges that we see in the space sector. What is your take? What is the message that you would like to deliver? In your opinion, what are the major challenges that you can see in our sector? One of the challenges is that we are creating new cultures in space. And the space industry doesn't see themselves as culture creators. They just think, okay, we're going to take our culture to space and we're going to do our thing and then we're going to come back. So we're just bringing human culture to space. But who those humans are and how that then evolves in a very close-knit society, a very specialized space, the merging of those cultures and what that turns into is not really considered consciously and explored in the same way that it is on Earth. And so for me, this relates to the Outer Space Treaty and equitable access for all, but also equitable influence. And culture permeates so many different parts of our lives from policy to expression, to, you know, the clothes we wear, the things that we watch, the way that we move, the language that we use. It's all very important. And I think creating that equitable access and a space for people to express that is very important. One of my missions is also to educate and create pathways and policy for the creative industries to get more involved in space. I think the creative industries is very underrepresented and under understood. It's not really understood by the space industry. And as the space industry is expanding to low Earth orbit space stations, and there's a kind of commercialization of space that is happening at a, at a quite a fast rate, what we're seeing is the space industry really looking to pharmaceuticals, to tourism, to in-space manufacturing, they're not really thinking about the creative industries. The creative industries is one of the fastest growing industries for the last 20 years. It regularly outperforms gold and property in terms of return on investment. And it's representative of around six point something, can't remember off the top of my head, GDP globally. So it's a real, and, and it's worth over three trillion much, much bigger than the space industry itself. And that's only, you know, the main parts of the industry, predominantly fine arts, TV and uh, film. This is a real powerhouse of an industry that has got money and it has got the ability to do work in space and help this cultural evolution that we're looking for. Really, my mission is to try to get that on the go. But yeah, that's that's. I think that the, 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 the idea, this, the concept of culture creators and how science scientists don't feel like, don't perceive their roles as culture creators is very, very interesting. 
and also mm -hmm. the fact that the culture, the creative industry is underrepresented within our industry is completely true. I think the reason really this happened is because space started as a scientific endeavor. Um, because space is, it's a good place to do science uh, where you don't have the atmosphere, etc. And then it became a kind of political endeavor. And then slowly it's gone, moved into commercial areas that are related to science and exploration. So it, and because we didn't have a lot of people living in space, we didn't, they didn't really need that culture as much. You know, it wasn't really required. Really, they had to focus on survival, which is completely understandable. But because we now have this long duration missions uh, to Mars on the cards, and we also have people potentially living and working, many more people living and working in space on these low Earth orbit space stations on the moon, this is now the time that it's actually important. Yes, absolutely. And uh, how does uh, this, how, how, can the Karman Fellowship, the Karman Project, uh, helping you? How can it help or how is helping you to bring your vision, your ideas to life? So the Karman Fellowship for me is, I think the really incredible thing that it does is it creates a place and a space in our lives to stop and think and really consider this these issues that are burning you know our burning issues both in all individually and collectively so not only i've mentioned two things that are my personal you know passions but we all have lots of passions and we're all multidisciplinary and we're all cross-pollinating uh, and feeding each other but taking us away from our daily lives which are so busy and so full and so distracting is so important it is really accelerating the progress that we can make on our projects on our thinking on our big impact scale it accelerates where we could be i mentioned yesterday that i think we've made in a week the kind of progress that maybe individually we would have made in six months a year otherwise so i think that's a real key i think connections with each other and our networks, helping to facilitate, knowing that we're not the only ones thinking about this, that there's somebody that we all know and can help each other with. That is super important as well. And then together getting the confidence to work on something bigger. So as I mentioned, as well as our own personal projects, there have been some really deep discussions about geopolitics and how space can help with geopolitics and starting to talk about and consider and in make some initial thoughts and maps about how we can facilitate real change in the world across the globe. And this is a bit scary. So being able to open and talk in these Chatham House sessions where we know we're safe and we're not going to repeat these things. We can be very honest and say the things that are burning inside of us that we're a bit scared to say and then find that other people are thinking the same thing and maybe putting being given permission to shout out these crazy ideas that we've had and somebody else going, actually, that might work if we do it like this has been super powerful and I think the other element is professional guidance so just having people in the room from different um, different 
domains, investors and, you know, different kinds of business owners that have different kind of models can all feed in and give each other expertise and advice based on their own journeys, based on their experiences, based on their own country's regulations and laws. We talked a lot about policy. We've talked a lot about how to develop and nurture different kinds of industries, different kinds of ecosystems within these different spaces, and then also how to connect them with each other, bearing in mind the different legalities and policies, etc., etc. So it's been really valuable for all of those reasons. Yeah, there is nothing like meeting in person in an environment that is alien to everyone to actually create a really strong bonding and feel like part of a community that, as you say, like we achieved in one week what maybe we could have achieved in six months. And this doesn't count the, the friendship that I think is creating uh, between us. So that's uh, a, a priceless experience, absolutely. And uh, what what's your long-term vision, Eiffel? Like we spoke about how we're feeling in the present, the problem that we're trying to tackle, how the Karman is helping us, but what's your long-term vision? What comes next for you? And what where would you like to be your career and your ideas to develop in 10 years' time? So I think in, in the immediate future, the Karman Fellowship for me was a a moment to stop and think. So far in my career, I've really taken what's in front of me, you know, followed the path intuitively, said yes to everything, <laughs> done everything and just kind of ended up where I am. And I think doing this master's in space studies, which is just about to come to an end, I've got this moment in my life to be able to stop and think and really carefully consider what I'm going to do next. And the Carmen Fellowship has really helped me do that. So I think when I finish in a couple of months, I'm going to take some time to uh, to start to implement some of the ideas that have come up in the Carmen Fellowship and start to map those out and just take a little bit of time before 2024 to, to, to sort of think about the path on 2024. And instead of diving straight into projects, I'm going to strategize a little bit more about how to do all these different projects that I do in a much more coordinated way that allows me to think this sort of the, the kind of big thinking the kind of strategy and the kind of project uh, visualization and, and really start to trust other people to project manage these and take them forward. So that has been quite inspiring and given me the confidence to do that a little bit more. I think I've always, um, a lot of my work is quite diverse, so it's quite hard to build a team around it because there's so many different kinds of specializations. So I've had some help in terms of how to, how to map that out. I think in terms of projects, I think the Outer Space Cultural Evolution Lab for me is a really big project to get off the ground. I've been working on this for a few years personally and starting to develop the, the mission around it. So now next year, I want to start community building and really developing getting the funding and developing this project so that we can take it to the next level. This will be a, a laboratory in space for cultural activities and experiments. So people from all over the world can bring their different kinds of artistic, musical, cultural, sociological ideas and experiment with them. I think in a broader perspective, the policy work that I'm doing and getting more interested in. Um, I would like to be able to contribute more 
towards particularly sustainability and space for sustainability and ecology. And being here in the Maldives, this was super important, understanding their ecosystem and how space, we did a lot of work on how space applications and remote sensing and earth observation can help them achieve different kinds of uh, strategy work for both land ero- you know land erosion or tracking flora and for- tracking megafauna <laughs> sorry absolutely yeah. and uh, yeah we definitely got uh, excited about the megafauna today uh, i think we can share the fact that the fnite went snorkeling and we saw some fantastic megafauna like massive turtles and definitely i can vouch that when you come here you just see our world and our ecosystem and its fragility and its beauty from a completely different perspective is actually coming to see what it means to be part of one single system and wanting to protect it because it's fragile, it's beautiful and it's ours. So this is our duty in a certain way. Absolutely. And the real message I think I got here as, as the MUI team and the MISRO team educated us about this environment was, you know, we think of ourselves as having this responsibility to save the planet. And we do. But really, the planet knows what to do. All of the plants and the animals, they have a role, they have an ecosystem, all we need to do is let it do its job. It it knows how to recover, it knows how to create come back uh, uh, and restore the planet we just need to give it that chance so it's really about us stopping doing things that are harmful and and giving the planet itself the chance to to recover we're not alone we have the help of the ecosystem itself it will always try to recalibrate so as soon as we really start this it will help us (laughs) absolutely let's give it a chance if i completely agree with you Thank you very much for being here and sitting down with me today. It's our last day in the Maldives, so I think every minute is precious. Thanks again. Thank you so much. If you want to keep the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global. Subscribe to our newsletters and, of course, don't forget to become a space watcher. I'm Emma Gatti, Editor-in-Chief of Space Watch Global, your independent perspective on space. See you next time. Ciao.